0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونصلي على رسوله الكريم ما بعد وعن ابي كفشاء عمر بن سعد الانصاري بن رضي الله تعالى عنه انه سمع رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول واحدثكم حديثا فاحفظوه قال انما الدنيا لاربعه نفر عبد رزقه الله مالا وعلما فهو يتقي فيه ربه ويصل فيه رحمه ويعلم لله فيه حق فهذا بأفضل المنازل وعبد رزقه الله علما ولم يرزق مالا فهو صادق, فهو صادق النية يقول لو أن لي مالا لعملت من عمل فلان فهو بنيته فأجرهما سواء وعبد رزقه الله مالا ولم يرزقه علما فهو يخبط في, في ماله بغير علم لا يتقي فيه ربا ولا يصل فيه رحمة ولا يعلم لله فيه حقّ فهذا بأخبث المنازل وعبد لم يرزق الله مالا ولا علما فهو يقول لو أن لي مالا لا عملت فيه بعمل فلان فهو بنيته فبيزرهما سواء رواه الترمذي وقال حديث حسن صحيح. continue with the رواية الله رسول الله عليه وسلم Nafar. he said that in this world there are four categories of people. The first two we discussed yesterday, one is that person who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed with wealth and with knowledge. So in that wealth he fears Allah ta'ala joins family ties, understands or is convinced of the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with regards to his wealth, spends it correctly ...because of the knowledge which Allah Ta'ala has blessed him with... ...Rasulullah wasallam said... ...this is the most superior of the four people. The second is that person Allah Ta'ala gave him knowledge... ...but he did not have wealth. But he was sadiqun niya. His intention was sincere... ...that had he been blessed with the wealth like the first person... ...then he also would have practiced in the same manner. So Rasulullah wasallam says... ...because of his sincerity of intention... The reward of both will be the same. In other words, he will get the reward for the good deed without doing it, just based on his intention. Up to this point, just to reiterate one or two important notes or things we should take cognizance or heed of, the importance of sincere intention. Also, that true knowledge is that knowledge which inspires practice. So, one is we have to acquire the correct knowledge and then ensure that we practice upon that knowledge. The third category of person Rasulullah mentions is that Allah Dala blessed him with wealth but he was deprived of knowledge. Allah gave him wealth but because of not having knowledge He behaves rashly with regards to his wealth without knowledge. لَا يَتَّقِي فِيهِ رَبَّ There is no taqwa. There is no fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Interestingly, Allah says in the Quran, إِنَّمَا يَخْشَ اللَّهَ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ This word, إِنَّمَا, in Arabic, Ulama Ikram referred to this as kalimatul hasad. In other words, it creates a meaning of exclusivity. Innama, sirf or sirf, only and only. They will fear Allah, who will have the khashiyat of Allah, who are the ulama. In other words, who have the knowledge of deen. So, knowledge inspires khashiyat. Knowledge is the road to developing the fear of Allah. Knowledge is the road to developing taqwa and piety also. Because he doesn't have knowledge, he does not utilize his wealth to cement or to protect family ties. Likewise, He does not accept or he does not have this conviction that Allah Ta'ala has a right in my wealth. What is that conviction? That this wealth is not yours. Allah has given it. It is his distribution. Qarun, Allah gave him great wealth. But what was one of the downfalls of Qarun? Innama utiituhu ala ilmin indi. ma utiituhu ala ilmin indi. He says, All this wealth is because of my knowledge. I am a very good businessman. I acquired this wealth. It is my intelligence. In other words, he did not acknowledge Allah's right with regards to his wealth. And this is something we have to be very, very careful about. Always, in our speech, in our mannerism, in our conduct, those whom Allah has given you any, any amount of wealth, always acknowledge Allah's right in that wealth. And accept and understand that it is his distribution. Allah gave it to Allah can take it away. So, don't feel proud of your wealth, but acknowledge this is from Allah. And Allah has a right. When we will do that, then it will inspire us to spend that wealth correctly. To be conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the utilization of our wealth. So coming back to this person, Allah gave him wealth, there wasn't knowledge. So there was no taqwa. Likewise, he did not acknowledge Allah's right in his wealth. He did not use that wealth to join family ties. Here also we learn an important lesson. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. primarily what is the sabak and lesson in this hadith. If you look at this section, he's speaking of four people. One is person Allah gave him wealth, Allah gave him knowledge. Second person Allah ta'ala gave him knowledge, he didn't give him wealth, but his intention was sincere. Third person Allah ta'ala gave him wealth, but he didn't have knowledge. Each time Allah's Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi speaks of wealth and the utilization of that wealth, specific mention is made of the preservation of family ties. yasilu fihi rahima. One person used the wealth to preserve family ties. The other person didn't have the wealth but his intention was there to preserve family ties. The third person did not preserve family ties. Now, the actual subject matter is to speak of wealth and using it correctly. To speak of generosity, it was not necessary to specifically each time mention. If, for example, the hadith, Allah's Rasool had sufficed to say this person had taqwa in his wealth and he knew Allah's right in his wealth, it was not, that would have already covered family ties. Yet specifically Allah's Rasool each time mentions about family ties. So we see the importance, the emphasis that Shariat has placed upon this. When we talk of family ties, it's not, it starts from the family. But it extends to the entire ummah, and then it extends to humanity. A Muslim is one who keeps jor and muhabbat. A Muslim is one who propagates, who promotes love and unity. And love and unity starts in your house. The greatest test of it is within your own home. So this is where the importance of family ties. Each time this is reiterated... This makes us understand the emphasis that is placed upon it. Allah's Rasul wasallam says, bi manazil." Allah protect us. He said, this is the worst type of person. Which person? Allah ta'ala gave him wealth, but there was no knowledge. So he wasted his wealth. He spent it in israf, in extravagance. There was no taqwa, there was no fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the utilization of his wealth. The fourth category of person Allah's Allah mentions Abdin Lam Wala Ilman. This person neither wealth nor knowledge. He wasn't given wealth also, and he wasn't given knowledge as to how to utilise that wealth. So what does he do? He looks at the third category of person, that person who was squandering his wealth, living a life of opulence, living a life of extravagance. No fear of Allah Ta'ala in utilization of his wealth. Spending where he wants, how he wants. Disobeying the commands of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. But instead of hating the sin of this person, instead of distancing himself from the conduct of this person because he didn't have knowledge, what does he do? He says, Law anna If I had wealth, I'll do exactly like what this man is doing. So here, is a great caution and warning for us. This man didn't commit the sins. He didn't do the wrong. But he had every intention to do the wrong had he the wealth or the means. Allah Rasul says, Allah will deal with him according to his intention. And the sin of both these people is the same. لَا تَمُدَّنَّ عَيْنَيْكَ مَا بِهِ أَزْوَاجًا مِّنْهُمْ زَهْرَةَ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا لِنَفْتِنَهُمْ Allah Ta'ala says, when you see a man of wealth in this world, you see him misutilizing, not spending that wealth correctly. Don't even look at that person with the gaze or with the eye of desire. Don't even have knowledge and greed for what that man has. Why? Why? Another hadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu of the hadith. He says that. If you see a person whom Allah Ta'ala has given wealth and he is utilizing his wealth in the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, do not feel that Allah is blessing this person. Do not feel that this is Allah's mercy. This is in fact rope. This is rope which Allah is giving this person. Eventually, he will be hung with the same rope. So very, very important. Don't even look with envy at a man who is involved in the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There has to be hatred for guna. There has to be hatred. Don't hate the person. Hate the sin. Hate the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And distance ourselves from the conduct of those who are disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because according to in this hadith there is a great warning. What is the warning? That even though you didn't do the wrong, if you desire to behave like that person, that also... In Shariat, Allah Ta'ala may raise you up with that person. bi minhum. Imitate someone, Allah will count you amongst them. This here is not even imitating in practice, it is imitating in intention. So there also we have to be very, very careful. And the point which we mentioned yesterday also, the importance of good niyat, the importance of good intention. In the same way, the, the importance of not having evil intentions or incorrect intentions. When Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, Annahum ذبحu shatan faqala nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ma bakiya minha, qalat ma bakiya minha illa katifaha. Qala bakiya Kulluha zayra katifiha. Rawahu al-Tirmidhi wa hada hadithun hassanun sahih. This hadith, Aisha radiallahu ta'ala and his narrator, time is limited very briefly, we'll just translate it. The subject matter has passed previously. She says that on one occasion we made Zabah, we made Qurbani, we slaughtered a sheep. So Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam asked us that what has remained of that sheep. The underlying meaning here is that this animal was slaughtered and its meat was given away in sadaqah, in charity, spent in the path of Allah ta'ala, given to the poor. So Nabi pak sallallahu asked what remains of the sheep. In other words, what have you, haven't you given away yet? So the response was, Ya Rasulullah, everything has been given. Nothing remains except the shoulder. In other words, one shoulder remains of this animal. Allah's Rasul sallallahu wa made an observation. and This is something for us to ponder about. Great sabak and lesson, simple few words, yet very very poignant, very very deep in meaning. Aisha radiallana describes a scenario, we slaughtered a sheep. Everything was given away, one, sho- one shoulder remained. Allah asks, what remains of the sheep? She says, Ya Rasulullah, one shoulder remains, everything else is given. So what does Nabi Salaam say? He says that everything of the sheep remains. Everything of the sheep remains except the shoulder. In other words, everything that you gave in sadaqah and charity, you haven't given it away. What have you actually done? Like we heard previously, the Salafist Salihin would say, when a poor man came, and they gave their money to the poor person, they said, مَرْحَبَا بِمَنْ جَاءَ يَحُولُ مَالُ دُنْيَانَا إِلَىٰ welcome to that person who came to transport my wealth from the dunya to akhirat. So what you gave away in charity, you haven't given away. All you've done is you've transported it to the akhirat. مَعِنْدَكُمْ يَنْفَدْ وَمَعِنْدَ اللَّهِ بَاقْ That which you have, which you are clinging on to of this dunya, Allah says, will come to an end. That which you gave to Allah, Wa Ma Allah, باق, Allah will preserve it. This is why Rasulullah ﷺ says, everything of this animal, everything of this animal remains. In other words, everything that you gave away remains. This shoulder, it's not yet decided. If you give it away in Allah's cause, that also will remain. That will be preserved. However, if it is not, then you have lost that opportunity. Allah give us tawfiq